This is the Citizen of Heaven podcast number 244, Greatness, Part 3. I'm Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, your embedded correspondent in Satan's world. Thanks for coming back one more time. What does the next level of development look like in the cause of Christ? How do we know we're getting there and staying there? That's the topic of the last part of our conversation with Adam Shanks and Reagan McClenney. If I do say so myself, I thought their comments were pretty great. Find out more about my guests respectively at EdenHollow.com and TimberlandChurch.org. Links are in the show notes. Candy Crush is like a lot of computer games. It's all about advancing to the next level. Each one is more complex than the one before, and occasionally you'll be forced to learn a new skill, without which you'll stall out and be forced to go back to playing Fallout Shelter. At least that's what I eventually did. Walking with Jesus isn't quite as predictable as Candy Crush. Leveling up doesn't come at predictable times and in reasonable increments, but you are required to level up. What are some higher-level skills that push some Christians to reach new heights of achievement and cause others to give up the game entirely? So I thought a lot about this. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, a new Christian, what would you tell them would be super important for them to do? Uh, this is all kind of about Christian disciplines to a certain degree. Uh, what What would you say this is really important for you to do as a new Christian? What things would most people say? Read your Bible regularly. Read your Bible regularly. Absolutely. What else? Mine is often find a mentor. Find a mentor. Absolutely. What else? Find someone to talk to about your experience. You know, Share the word. Okay. So you need to start sharing the word. And that's something that happens right away, right? Uh, worship regularly, probably, right? Pray daily probably, right? Uh, and we could add, add and add and add to that list. But think about it. Um, all of those things somebody is supposed to start doing as soon as they're a Christian, right? And they do start doing those things as soon as they're a Christian. But as we get older, it's not as though we stop doing those things. We just start doing those things better. We start doing those things more effectively. We learn how to do those things in a way that is more pleasing to God. Instead of being uh, finding a mentor, well, we don't lose our mentors. Uh, we want to continue to have mentors, but then maybe we become a mentor. We don't stop worshiping to level up. We just worship more from the heart. We don't stop reading our Bible daily so that we can do something else, but we meditate on it and we learn better how to study. I think leveling up is the wrong metaphor. I really do. Uh, and and even we read a passage like Adam just read from Second Peter uh, five and following. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love. And I think a lot of times people think about that almost like leveling up, you know, well, I've got faith and then I'm going to add virtue. I'm going to go up the next, next step and then I'm going to level up from virtue. I'm going to go to knowledge. I'm going to level it up. But that's not the right metaphor, I don't think. Harold Hancock, one of my mentors, he describes it this way. He says it's like an orchestra and one instrument starts playing and then another is added to it. But that other doesn't stop playing until all are playing in harmony together. And as Adam read just a second ago, if these things are yours and are increasing, right, 
So it's not a matter of we don't know the things that we're supposed to be doing. You know, what are some higher level skills? It's just doing the things that we have been doing and know we were supposed to be doing in a more Christ-like way in conforming ourselves to the image of Christ more in the things that we're doing. I've seen charts of Second Peter chapter 1, and it's always a staircase. Yeah, like, it's not a staircase, at least not to me. one onto the next one. And it's not. I mean, I like the orchestra more from my music uh, background. I always picture it like soup. You're adding ingredients. Yeah. And uh, it's just some ingredients have been simmering longer. They've gotten a little easier to eat because they've been in the soup a little bit longer. Uh, and so you're you're adding and developing. You're not you're not leveling up. As we start thinking about as the the you know how you you question the higher level skills. What's funny is higher level skills are typically the opposite of what we think they are. You know, take it back to Matthew 11. It was his submission and humility that made him great. It wasn't that he was the best preacher. It wasn't that his camel skin coat was rougher than everyone else's or that his locusts were were tastier than anyone else. I mean, it, it had nothing to do with achievement, had nothing to do with with richness. It had to do with humility. It had to do with the fact that he was willing to come to Jesus when he had questioned. He was willing to submit like an infant. He was willing to admit his weakness. That is the higher level skill, uh, quote, you know, um, of Christianity is being lowly. And that, that, I think, is the difficulty that you run into. You know, Reagan mentioned young Christian you know, I've seen more young Christians ruin their opportunity to teach a family member the gospel, not because they didn't have the right answer and not because they didn't say the right thing. It was how they said it. It was the arrogance with which they approached their family of, I now have answers you don't have and you need to listen to me and I will be your teacher and you will be my student. That kind of character development takes a while. And and honestly, oftentimes new Christians don't have it. They're so excited. They just want to, they just want to share with the world this truth they've found. And they end up turning the world off because of the um perceived arrogance with which it is it is presented. The example I used earlier of older Christians who think they've done their time, that's an arrogance. That that I've I've done the work that I'm supposed to do, and I can pass that off on somebody else, somebody lesser than me. You know, they'll word it in terms of, well, you know, young people are just more talented than I am. I just can't keep up with what I used to do. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact of your wisdom and your experience still need to be a part of what is shared. Um, and that comes from humility. That comes from a place of service, a place of realizing that that you're a servant in the kingdom um that is the higher level skill of lowliness that's an interesting concept uh, i'd i'd like to kind of pursue that a little bit the the word that i kept thinking of when you were saying that adam was patience patience and and humility and and like character traits are rather rudimentary to the gospel message i would tend to say and yet if you talk to 30-year veteran Christians, 40-year veteran Christians, and you ask them, how are you doing with your patience? 
I'm not a very patient person. You know, that's 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 a real struggle for me. Well, maybe there's a sense in which, and maybe this is what I meant by leveling up, that we learn certain characteristics along the way. 2024 is my year to become patient. I'm I'm going to become a patient person in 2024. You know, what kind of drills can I uh, engage in? What kind of classes can I take that will get me to be a patient person? Maybe it doesn't work that way. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure some people are naturally inclined toward patience. I haven't met very many of them, but I'm sure there are some people who who are. Most of the time, it's a long, drawn-out process, and thankfully, we serve a merciful God and a patient God who lets us develop along the way. But becoming God's kind of person is, is a long process, and I think maybe we can, in our zeal to develop practical skills for the church, to develop Bible knowledge teaching skills, things like that, we don't see things like patience or even service, generosity as being metrics to to examine for, for spiritual growth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes me think again of a passage you referred to earlier, how uh, James chapter 3, verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure. Then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without pretense. And the fruit of righteousness is shown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Just that idea of, you know, what what the end result of someone who is pursuing the things above is not becoming a better song leader. Right. It's not becoming a better orator who can stand in front of a crowd and preach. It's that they're changing from the inside out, that they are now a peaceful person, that they don't approach life with pretense, that they're compliant and gentle. You know, that's what should be the end result of a life of pursuing the will of God. It, it makes us compliant. We don't think about it. I mean, we think, oh, no, the person who has been serving God longest with the most knowledge becomes the most dogmatic. They're the ones who have figured out all the answers. Eh, no, I'm not saying we shouldn't stand firm on truth. like that. that that's not my point. Uh, but to be a compliant person who's willing to be patient, that you know, compliance is the idea of patience. That is the end result of somebody who is, quote, leveling up. You know, they are honestly in in the eyes of the world becoming less of a person because they're becoming more like God. Leveling down. Yeah. Our growth process is part is partially dictated by the circumstances that whether it's God putting us in these circumstances or just time and chance. Uh I became a much less selfish person when I got married. I became a much more humble person when I had kids. Uh, if I am allowing God to put me in circumstances and then using those circumstances to grow in those qualities that that he desires most, it doesn't come at predictable times or with reasonable uh, increments. It is something that happens uh, kind of stop start a little bit. But some of that is our circumstances and and natural growth. 
But I think all of us know the things that we're supposed to be growing in. And you read the fruit of the spirit. We've already mentioned several without referencing that passage. We've already re referenced several of the fruit of the spirit that every Christian is supposed to have uh, in their spirit as they become more what the spirit of God would have us to be. Uh, that's that's where growth takes place. That's where leveling down takes place. I think I probably was just kind of instinctively, because this is what I've done for 30 years, thought about how five-year Christians, 10-year Christians can take larger roles, more prominent roles, more seemingly important roles, and I emphasize seemingly, uh, in in the body of Christ, becoming more of a a foundation for others, a louder voice, that sort of thing. And I think there's certainly something to be said for that. But I think that both of you have have really hit on the much bigger issue. It's not about becoming more public. It's not about becoming more loud. It's about becoming more dependable. It's about becoming more more godly, ultimately. And that doesn't always manifest itself in public. I mean, we're three guys, three public preachers, as far as that goes, talking about this kind of thing. And I think it's very easy for me as a preacher to have a very narrow vision of what it means to be a servant of Jesus Christ, being a servant of Jesus, doing the things that I do. And that's a very convenient position for me to take. And I will say over and over again, especially for the ladies and for the older people and for the younger people, well, there are other roles for other people, and you're just as important as anybody else. We need to really mean that because it is true. And I, I preach it because it's true. I'm not sure I always act like it's true, but but it is. And we can foster growth in any segment of the church population. And, and Adam's absolutely right as far as, as checking out. I'm okay with a 70-year-old saying, I'm not up to teaching the second graders anymore. That's fine. That very well may be true. But are you going to phase into a different aspect of work or are you going to phase out of work? Because those are two very different things. You're still part of the body and maybe you don't function in the same capacity or with the same accuracy or effectiveness as you used to, as you are accustomed to. But that doesn't mean you're not part of the body anymore. You can find a way, and a better way, in fact, to serve the body and serve Jesus, if you're inclined to do that. One of the things oh. I talked about in a Bible class recently, uh, we were talking about the different Jewish feasts and how often through the feast or in, even in the giving of the law, God talked about the role of sharing the truth with of God's faithfulness with the next generation, with the younger generation. Uh, they cross the Jordan River and they pull out the 12 stones and they set them up. And what was the reason for that? It was because when they would pass by in future generations and the young ones would ask, what are those stones for? It gives you a reason to talk about the faithfulness of God. That is something that is sorely lacking in the church today. And that we do not have an older generation that is sharing with the younger generation the faithfulness of God. You know, a 16-year-old doesn't know about how faithful God is. They know about how God has seen them through hard times, and God has loved them in difficult times, and God has worked out 
things in their lives and all of those 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 experiences. And you know, I, I would love for the older generation to step into that role of mentorship for the younger generation to teach them about the faithfulness of God. That is a display of the very thing we're talking about, this humility of, you know what, I didn't achieve what I achieved in my life by my own strength. I did it because of God. Young people need to hear that. Young people need to hear about dependency on God and what that looks like. That is a, a you know, it, it's a leveling up of sorts from moving out of one role of being just a, a doer to a different role of being a mentor. But you're not being a mentor because you have, you know, I'm such an impressive person. You're a mentor because God is an impressive God. And and you keep that in mind and it it makes a big difference. You know, made me think about the qualities or qualifications of elders in First Timothy chapter three. Right. A lot of people view that as leveling up, you know, like now I'm an elder, man. Yeah. Like I can make some decisions. Uh, We finally get this place on the right track. But. What does he say? Not a novice, less being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Like, no, you've got to be mature so that you're you're humble in this role. And it's it's a role of service. And you think about, you know, some of those qualities are specific, uh, you know, husband of one wife and rules his house well, but blameless, temperate, sober minded, good behavior, hospitable able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy, gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. I mean, those are all qualities that every Christian is supposed to have. But these men have proven that they've had, they have those qualities uh, and they've lived them out to such a degree that they know humility is what's required if I'm going to be in a position of authority. Service is what is required if I'm going to lead instead of the other way around like the world so often use it. Anything else? Closing thoughts? So my closing thoughts are just kind of wrapping these, you know, the the, the unifying theme of, of all three of these different parts of our discussion have been greatness is achieved by humility. You know, greatness is going to be achieved by service, by serving others and putting them first. You know, greatness is going to be achieved by recognizing who God is and our dependency on him. You know, all all of this is wrapped up, you know, leveling up isn't about our achievement. It's about displaying God's fruit, you know, the fruit of the spirit. For those who want to pursue greatness, that's what you got to do. And so your habits, uh, since all of this was really prompted by the Atomics Habits book, your habits need to be habits that are not really about you and your achievement, but they need to be habits that are going to bring uh, your life to a point at which you can become a better servant and that you can express humility and that you can keep your focus on the things that really matter. And all of that is encapsulated and embodied by Jesus and imitating him. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Citizen of Heaven podcast. Please rate, review, and share so others can access this content. 
I encourage you also to join the Heaven Citizens Facebook group. There you will find links to related materials, conversation starters, poll questions, and the occasional special announcement. Also, check out the Hal Hammonds channel on YouTube for even more content. Until next time, be strong and courageous, fight the good fight of faith, and do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, signing off.